0: hey my friends how the heck are you Josh here hope you're doing very well I'm joined by my good buddy Mike Dalkey Mike uh, humble guy nice family guy also runs a multi-million dollar business that he started from virtually nothing with starting with one employee now they have like a hundred employees in multiple states I'm super excited to ask him about all of his employee systems the way that he uh, is a marketer to his employees or as his friend Michael Kaplan calls them his internal customers we are going to add a lot of value to you guys Michael how the heck are you
1: I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, Josh. Pleasure to be here.
0: You're welcome. Well, with home services, there's like a crisis out there. The labor market is tight. The economy's crushing it. People are freaking out. And it's funny. I ask people about employees and they're like, they're either like, yeah, employees are awesome. Or they're like, no, I hate my life. I hate employees are the worst thing ever. You can't find them. There's no good help. So I want to ask you really tactical specific questions um, about your systems and philosophy when it comes to five different areas of, um, employee systems. So, can we dive right in? What do you think?
1: Let's dive right in. Let's do it.
0: All right. So, the, the five, just to recap, are recruiting, interviewing, hiring, training, and leadership development, from my perspective. And, you know, all small businesses, even really little ones, need to, like, look at each of these five pieces and begin building systems around it, building philosophies around it, building, you know, action around it. Uh, most people don't have these in place. All of the multi-million dollar big Companies have them in place. That's kind of the gap in my opinion. But let's start with recruiting. Uh, unemployment is super low. The only reason people don't have a job is because they don't want one. What do you say or what is your company's you know, system or methodology for getting hires in a market like this?
1: Well, there's a couple of things. So As you know, we've got uh, companies or investments in companies from literally all four corners of the United States, Seattle to LA to Florida, all the way up into New York. So we've seen it in all markets. There is a tough time for getting employees. The one thing that I think that we're doing is we're constantly recruiting, whether we have enough people or not, we're always recruiting hundred percent of the time. We're never slowing that down. We're pushing. um, I think at blue skies, it's well over at some points a thousand dollars a week um, that we're spending on recruiting ads and posting the the thing that I think is really interesting that I think the people watching the video would really uh, like to know is we market for employees the same way we market to get customers. We don't say uh, water-fed poles in our copy if we're trying to get window cleaners, window-cleaning jobs, right? We say what the customer is looking for. So in the recruiting ads, it's the same thing. We don't say window-cleaning technician in our recruiting yet, that's not what the job posting is because nobody out there that I know of has ever looked for a window cleaning technician job. They don't search <laughs> for that just like they would on Google, right? That so is- in our, on our side, what we're doing is we're saying uh, entry-level management position because in our environment, we do have a leadership development program that we're trying to move people up in. We try to post things and write our copy to what people are actually searching for versus what we're actually offering. So that tweak has been really, really important for us in recruiting people.
0: Oh, it's huge. I think this actually, that's why this is marketing. Because, um, for example, like people have a website and they they don't talk about the customer. They don't talk about the benefit. They just talk about themselves, right? Family owned, 37 years, look at me, blah, blah, blah. Whereas, you know, a marketer would have a website talking about, you know, the peace of mind, the problem they're solving, the pain that they're Uh, solving with the service that they do. The same is true with employees. These little businesses, for some reason, um, make it all about themselves. You know, must be drug-free, blah, 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 you know, clean drug. And those things are important, but you don't, like, attract the fish using that type of bait. Is that kind of what you're saying?
1: Yeah, absolutely. When I started out, my ad said something like, I'm looking for someone who's got good work ethic, um, is drug-free, has a valid driver's license, and an iPhone. That was, like, my whole ad. And then I saw one of Michael Kaplan, who was a good friend of both of ours' ads, and it was like, we're looking for carpet Jedi ninjas. And like they had a Star Wars Jedi with a (laughs) carpet cleaning wand picture. And like this, the copy was written like it was a Star Wars ad, like a movie trailer for a job. And he had other ones for like the routing, the routing department that was like, do you love managing chaos? (laughs) <laughs> and you his customer experience like all these crazy things that he had in his ads but they fit his culture and i said like, that man i'm doing this all wrong it's 100 percent about me and not about the person i'm trying to attract and once uh we changed that our recruiting and our marketing for internal customers our employees went through the roof
0: that is so cool I, i'm just picturing like a dating ad on- on you know match.com and your ad is like must be five foot two to five foot five blonde must be you know this type like like what woman would click on that whereas if your profile was about like the benefit to them right you know like i I don't know like this is just applicable in all areas of life when we make it about us it doesn't work we make it about them it does work um, do you guys do any other types of recruiting other than just, you know, the paid job ads on the boards? Is there any referral programs to help you recruit? Is there any boots on the ground recruiting that's happening or headhunting or anything like that or, or with anybody else you work with? Yeah,
1: we, uh, so as you know, we've got multiple different people that operate the businesses and investments that we've done. So we've got different programs. Uh, for most but we have the we've done the business cards where you hand out and say you know we're always looking for rock stars and I think that's a pretty common thing right now um, we steal, we've stolen a lot of people from Panera Bread I hope none of, no one there from there is listening but they make 11 10 12 dollars an hour and we come in saying our average guy makes 18 um, and now our average guy is in the 20s uh, with price increases and things that we've done so if you're making 20 bucks an hour and we got a guy that looks like he can handle the labor. Custom, Panera's already taught him the customer service skills. We just got to you know, teach him to clean windows. So I've stolen a lot of people from uh, Panera Bread. We also do a couple of referral programs where if you refer somebody in, you get a bonus if they make it through the interview. That's really small. I think it's twenty-five or fifty bucks. Then you get a hundred bucks if they make it through the four weeks of training. Then you get a really big bonus down the road um i can't remember if it's five hundred dollars or a thousand if they make it through a year so now you're incentivized as an employee of the company not just to get you know the loser friend that can't find a job so you can get the 25 dollars. you're trying to get the best person you know and you're trying to make them get to a year because you get a
0: big Number. That is genius. I actually, you never mentioned that before. I hadn't heard that before. So, so me as an employee, I refer someone to interview with, with the owners and I get 25 bucks just for them interviewing. But then I get these progressively larger rewards as they stick with the company. That's, that's genius. It's simple. Yeah.
1: And if you think about what an employee that lasts for a year with, you know, we've had this discussion of whether it's $2,500 an employee that gets somebody started or 4000 But when you think about getting somebody in the window cleaning season, that person can do 100000 revenue for you. And that's probably $60,000 margin. So paying a guy $1,000 to bring in a guy who gives us $60,000 margin. That's the best return on investment you could ever possibly make. So yeah hands down it's been a really good thing to get really good people in not just like the guy who's looking for a job because he you know got fired from his last three
0: he needs some more beer money <laughs> um oh, that's so good okay we're going to move on to point number 2 so we covered recruiting and i guess the last thing i'll say is you know, all these small businesses they 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 feel like they deserve all these employees or they're somehow being screwed over because they can't find them they have this entitlement mentality when The question first of all is like are you even a company worth working for like who would want to work for you like you don't deserve anything like well who are you to work for like are you a garbage leader are you terrible boss is there any sort of opportunity does it feel like a real career is there any upside like and and we can get into that too like some of the culture things you do in a minute but when it comes to interviewing, which is point number two um I feel like a lot of smaller companies don't have a really standardized process on how they do that. And so it'd be really curious and to your guys' process and philosophy on how do you, because you've baited in people. Now we get the filter through and get rid of the dead wood, right? What is interview yeah. like from you, your perspective?
1: So it's switching for us. And this is an area that I don't do anymore because I suck at interviewing because I love everybody. Everybody that comes in, I think is awesome. So I've completely stopped doing interviews because I just see the best in people and I want everybody to work for us. So I've realized I'm not the best person to interview. So I haven't done an interview in a long time. Uh, but we used to make it really, really hard to get to interviews. We used to make it almost, you had to do like, you know, the six steps and the all, you know, blood sample, give your firstborn, like everything. So that by the time you got to the interview, we knew 100% that you were, uh, motivated, you wanted the job, you've seen the vid- all of this stuff. And now in this labor market, we've made it a lot easier. So it used to be that if someone made it in the interview, we'd ask about 10 questions. And if they answered them honestly, and we had a good feeling about them, we felt like they fit our values, we would say, come on in for a day and we'll run with them. Now, it's a little bit more stringent because we have such an open, more open funnel. We weren't getting people to make it all the way through because as you said, everybody's got a job already that wants one. So now we've opened the funnel wide open. So now the in-person interview is still important, but we're doing more of, uh, most of our locations we're doing a uh, ride along and we're paying them to come on ride along, be on the deal. Uh, one of our guys yesterday had a ride along and the guy wanted to touch a squeegee or a ladder. And he literally sat down and had an ice cream comb at one of the jobs. So clearly he wasn't the right person. So he didn't make it today too. But uh, we are placing more emphasis on getting people in the funnel, getting them through the interview process and getting them in the field as fast as we possibly can. And then letting them make the decision after being in the day in the field. So it's changed for this labor environment for us because we were not getting the
0: same level of interviews we were. Okay. So yeah, that's really interesting. So when, when, unemployment was higher you would have a lot of hoops they have to jump through just to get the privilege of having an interview. so you've taken away many of the hoops right i just want to make sure i'm understanding so you'll let kind of people through that apply and give them the opportunity to actually go do a day and kind of see what the job is like and then you kind of take it from there if they're still interested
1: yeah and so uh to go back to what you had said earlier josh making it about them not about us before it was about us Like you had to get through our process, our stringent process to get to us because we didn't have a lot of time and everyone that's out there doesn't have a lot of time. So we had all of these knockout questions. So we were only getting the best of the best. Well, all of a sudden, none of them were getting through because they said, why would I do all of that work when I can just go to this guy over here? He's going to hire me like right now. So we were finding that by the time someone could get through that system and we would call them and say, hey, you fell off. They were saying, well, I already got a job. There's 17 jobs just like yours, so we said, man, we've got to get them through really, really fast. Similar, uh, we want to get them on a truck and in the field and seeing if they're the right fit as soon as possible, and we really want to shorten and compress that time frame. So um, you know, Home Advisor on the customer side and how fast you have to get to Home Advisor leads, right? If you wait five minutes, it's too late. We took the same approach with some with employees. We want to get them in as fast as we can before they find another job. And if they don't work out, that's okay. They get made their 120 bucks for the day. They're good. They move on. But if they do work out,
0: we've got somebody in that seat really, really fast before they can find something else that they're really excited about. Oh, that's so good. I haven't heard anybody talk about that, Mike. That's really, really, really interesting. And just the fact that you're like measuring it, you're aware of it, you have a team, like you're pivoting, you're trying things. I feel like smaller companies do what they've always done. The result is worse now because unemployment's so low. And they're like, ah, blah, 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 millennials. (laughs) They just blame millennials. (laughs) They're like, they put their Craigslist post, you know, blah, 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 must be drug-free, lift 50 pounds, blah, 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 blah. And no one cares. And then they say millennials or I hate Donald Trump or whatever, fill in the blank with someone to blame. Um, But you've adapted. I think that's really awesome. So after you make a hire, okay, um, because the third system, the way I see it is a hiring system and maybe this one we won't spend as much time on, you know, but I'm talking about things like the HR, the paperwork, the onboarding, but really what it means to me is like, how do you welcome people into your world? How do you set the tone on that first day so that they feel like maybe they'll have a real career. Maybe, maybe the way you explain the, the progression of the opportunity for them, how they get more money, like that first couple of days, not really the training portion per se, but like the way that they're welcomed in. What do you guys do in that department?
1: Uh, I, we can not spend a lot of time because we don't do as good a job as we should. We should learn from everybody else and do a better job of that. Uh, they come in, they fill out their paperwork, they do all of their stuff. They have some training videos and things like the town LMS stuff that you, uh, that most of the people are doing now. Uh, and then they go right in the field. Our guys spend the first. So the thing that we do b- different, Josh, is our guys spend four weeks with a production manager. A lot of guys are trying to get their guys trained in three days, four days, five days. That's not, the, that's not our process. Our process is four weeks. So you are spending a ton of time with our best and our brightest and our hardest working guys. What so, about
0: when it comes to background checks, uh, driving record checks, drug test? Like, what types of HR forms do they fill out that you think are important? And Do you guys always do that type of stuff? What, what do you do with that? Uh,
1: it's a great question. Uh, one that's better for Dan, I will tell you, and this is going to just probably blow your mind. Um, and I, and I'm embarrassed to say it, but we're eight years in and over hundred employees deep and we do not have an employee handbook still to this day. Really? Yeah. Still to this day. Wow.
0: Um, what do they, yeah. do? how do they learn your core values and things like that? Is that part of your training process?
1: four weeks with our best guys, telling them, building a relationship with them, showing them how to be a plow horse, not a show horse, take ownership of the role. They have the conversation about our core behaviors all the time. And our uh, belief is that nobody ever reads employee handbooks anyway. So we can make the best beautiful employee handbook Uh, because we're in multiple states, we have to like adapt it legally for all these different things. And so we went down the road once and we had a law firm say, hey, this is how much it would be to do it. It was like 20,000 bucks. I was like, no, thanks for something that nobody reads anyway. So it's true. Um, I, wonder it's, if that's, if,
0: I wonder if it's just one of those things that we all do because we think we're supposed to do it. Like, <laughs> we're just like, we, no one knows why they're no one's like raises their hand is like, uh, why are we doing this again? Or like, is there a better way to think about it?
1: there's a i can't remember it's nordstrom but there's a company that's employee handbook is one sentence and it's use your best judgment that's mm. it and Ooh. as long as you use your best judgment you're good you might get fired because your best judgment sucks <laughs> but use use your best judgment
0: <laughs> that's that is freaking awesome that's awesome okay so moving on past hiring uh the next thing is training right so we have recruiting interviewing hiring and then we have training The last one will be leadership development. But when it comes to training, um, what does that look like for your company? Um, I don't know. What kind of gold nuggets can you share? You kind of alluded to it with the four weeks, but maybe take us a little deeper.
1: Yeah, so uh this could probably go right into the leadership development which is probably um something I'm extremely passionate about. It's, it's something I'm extremely passionate about and I think it was part of our secret sauce at Blue Skies. Um but from a training standpoint, first week is technical training, so you're learning how to squeegee a window, you're learning how to soft wash a your house, you're we're trying to get you to see every type of window, storms, uh double hungs, we're trying to get you on a roof, those type of things. A lot of safety. Second week is um more on customer service and our processes at blue skies third week you are with your production manager and you're doing the customer service you're leading the job in the fourth week or sorry you're with the let me let me go back so first week is technical second week is our systems and processes third week is customer service and you're with the production manager in those conversations the fourth week you are leading the jobs on your own and the production manager is just there to back you up so if you're in getting a sticky situation or something, they're good. So in doing that, there is three objectives that we have in training for us. So I, I should say four. One is to make sure that they fit our values and our core behaviors, and they're gonna do things the blue sky's way. The second is, this, this, the other three are performance-based things. One is we need you to be able to produce at least $60 an hour in window cleaning, otherwise you're not gonna make it at our company. So you have to, in an eight-hour day, be able to do 500 bucks a day. Hands down, otherwise you're not going to make it. So at the end of that four weeks, if you're by yourself on a truck and you can't clean $500 with the windows, it's not that you're a bad person. It's just that you're a bad fit. So the goal, first goal is to get you up to that level. The second you goal that is that we- up front,
0: or when does that get revealed to them?
1: Right up front, right from the beginning, first week. They're, okay. they're, we're teaching and, and doing that. The second, th- the second thing, that results base, is that we need you to have a 9.5 out of 10 quality score better. It used to be 8.5. Um, now it's up to 9.5. You have to make your customers love you. And we are convinced if you follow our process and you do the things that we teach you to do, that you will get a 9.5. So wearing booties in the house, cleaning screens on the outside of the house, not in their living room, doing a courtesy call on the way, standing back when you open the door so you're not in their personal space. All of these things that they're teaching them, if they follow that process, they will get a 9.5 or better. We've proven it over time. Mm -hmm. And then the third thing that they can follow our processes for tech notes, clocking in, clocking out, so that they're not causing a bunch of additional work. So our whole... Our whole process for training is not about get them to be a good window cleaner. It's about getting to accomplish those three specific results. And if they can do that, they're on their own. They're going to make really good money. They're going to fit in. If they can't do that, we give them a week or so kind of in flex. And then we say, it's not that you're a bad person. It's just window cleaning is really hard. And we want you to make good money here, treat customers well, and fit in with the team. And that's just not going to happen. Let's help you have a soft landing to something else
0: because this is just not the right fit for you. Oh man, it's, it's so great. Um, I always, I'm processing what you said. So the thing is, is I'm trying to think of the Mike Dolkey. when you, when you started out and you had this tiny company, you had one employee, his first day of work, he wore this shirt that said, this is my beer drinking shirt. You didn't I'm have in place. You didn't have this in place. This happens gradually over time. You have a team, you have a lot of people helping. So I mean for the, for the small company, where do you think they make mistakes in terms of their training? I have a couple ideas based on what you said when I was processing. Maybe they can't execute on something this sophisticated at first because they're still cleaning windows too and they're trying to train and recruit and it's overwhelming and then they get mad at Trump again and then they and then they're trying to hire interview another guy. <laughs> like it feels like chaos. They don't have a standard, you don't have a production manager. They don't have that. What advice would you give them?
1: Well, the first thing I'd say is I've been there. And I'll tell you another embarrassing thing about me. Uh, guy, a And he worked for us for one day. His name was Carlos. And uh, the second day I sent him off on the truck. So he'd been trained for one day and never driven the country vehicle, never worked the app, nothing. And we said, all right, Carlos, here's where you're going. Come back with a check. And that was his second day at work. And he came back with 300 bucks, cleaned some windows. But it was in the growth years where we you know, two people probably called in sick and one person no-showed and the other got a DUI and I was out cleaning (laughs) windows. And just just go clean some stuff and come back with a check. So extremely embarrassing. There was no sophistication to it. Um, When we were just hustling, the main thing was that they spent time with somebody that was doing a good job, whether that was me personally or it was a production manager in the future and that we wanted them to spend as much time building a relationship as we possibly could. So if I had a relationship with the guys, I felt like I could do a good job of holding them accountable and leading them. If I was, if I was uh, just trying to teach them to clean windows, that wasn't what we wanted to do. So I think really good.
0: Uh, the other thing too, that you said that as part of your training is having a heavy focus on their man hour, which I don't, I didn't do that I mean we had maybe some other sort of ways where we sort of alluded to it but like I think that's huge that's the most important metric in your entire business right is your man hour like the production um I think and you could do that if you're small and it was chaotic you could still make that part of your focus right
1: yeah absolutely I, I I think it's a huge thing and as you know through the conquer program uh with Brandon and whatnot I when we started looking at people's P&L I could say uh you're paying your people hourly aren't you and they would say, yeah, how'd you know? And I'd say, because your cost of goods sold are way out of line and you're not putting a focus on your man hour. And they'd say, well, what's a man hour? Okay, well, <laughs> let's back that up. But you can tell by looking at somebody's P&L and for anyone who's watching this video, if your COGS are in the 55 to 65% range, you're probably paying hourly and not watching your man hour. If and you're not in the 20... 20- yeah, and you're not making money. <laughs> uh, I can't we've coached this year that have made more money already this year than they did all of last year because they started tracking their man hour and making it really important
0: Mm -hmm. yeah man that's oh that's epic okay so we've covered recruiting covered interviewing covered hiring we covered training and all the different pieces to training let's talk about leadership development and uh then we can land the plane i appreciate your time but what happens to the new guy he goes through his training. Where does he go from there? What is he aware of? And what's your process?
1: Our leadership development is the coolest thing. And I will throw an asterisk that we're good at it when we're good at it. We're not good at it when we're not. Um, So, you know, like any process, we do it, but sometimes we forget about it. And then we don't do it for a while. Uh, But we have a formal invite to the personal development program. We call it the PDP. And in the PDP, we're, in, we're gonna invest money and time and resources into this person and we expect things back out. So on non-work time, they have to read three different books. Um, and I, believe, I know one of them is Raving Fans, one of them is The E-Myth, and the other I believe is Leadership and Self-Deception. They have to read those books and they have to meet with me or now Dan once a week for a half an hour and go over what they read, what they learned and how they apply it to the business. That's the personal development plan. It's about getting them uh, thinking about leadership a little bit, but really thinking about how to do the systems in the business, how to create great customer service, how to deal with personal issues. So they meet with me, we go over that, and then we go over their performance as, a per, as personally. What's your man hour? What's your quality score? Are you following the processes? The second level to that, once you graduate that, you go to leadership development, LDP, and then you're doing StrengthsFinder, five levels of leadership um and a bunch of books that are geared towards leading people so the first one is about your own personal production and getting better this one's about leading other people and helping them get better so that one there's six different books that they have to read um and now when we're talking about performance first half an hour of the meeting is about the book and what they learned how they're applying it the second half of that is about the performance of their team and recognizing trends in their team not just them The third level, which is where Dan and Paul and Sean are, is the executive leadership uh, program, ELP. So that's a couple books, Good to Great, Blue Ocean Strategy, the higher level books that are about running a business and executing a business level and leading leaders. So they go through that same thing. And now it's not about the performance. That leadership team still meets weekly, even though I'm not engaged in the business. They still meet weekly and they go over all of the key metrics of the business. Are they on plan? Or are they off plan? Where can they save costs? Where can they increase revenue? How can they match capacity of demand? So there is a consistent path all the way up into an executive type role and guys. And for me, that was the big change in our organization is when we started training our production managers, how to be leaders, not how to be window cleaners.
0: Wow. And so it, to be clear, is there like a progression in their personal pay as they go through this? Is that how they get raises or how how does the pay work? Is, it, is this just a, what's it called? Like an extracurricular, is this just an optional thing for people to do to feel warm and fuzzy? How does that work?
1: Yeah, we don't pay them anything extra. That is probably like the thing that everyone's like, yeah, right. But it's true. We don't pay them anything extra. But if you want to be a production manager in our organization, Um, you had to graduate from PDP, you had to get your personal development plan. So to be eligible to be the next level, you have to go through those various levels. So that was how we did it. Um, So they could make more money as production manager than they could as a window cleaner, but they had to go through it first. So they weren't getting anything for going through that program, other than the opportunity to, to move to
0: the next level. Well, and what's really crazy is people just like to grow, especially Rockstar A-player employees anyway, right? I mean, do you have a large percentage of people doing that program? And do they, do they just think it's cool and they're proud to do it or something?
1: I'd have to ask Dan now, but we, uh, everyone that we when I was running the business joined the program. Nobody said no. Um, and they, uh, most people graduated from the program probably seventy five percent Some people never made it through PDP because they got a new job or they went on, but even afterwards, they were really thankful that we invested them in a the leadership so uh, the principle here, and you know you 're a believer, and so am I. The principle is that in the Bible, they talk about being a good shepherd, and a shepherd makes his sheep lay down and there 's four things that you have to do to be a good shepherd in Today's world and in biblical times, and I took that to the business. The first one is you have to pay them enough in, you have, in the sheep world, you have to give them water. Like they need water to live. So in our world, that's pay them enough. They have to pay them enough to live or they're going to find another job. They're going to go to somebody else. The second thing is you have to give them food for growth. So you have to feed the sheep, otherwise they're going to go somewhere else. So in our, in our business, to be a good leader, we have to give them food to grow. We can't let them get stagnant. We have to keep our people growing. The third thing is that you always 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 have to have their back. So a sheep has to feel safe and protected. if you're going and saying you're gonna be fired if you do this thing or you're gonna they're not gonna feel like you got their back. So we want our people to have know that we've got their back 100%. You can make a mistake, not a big deal. We've got your back. And the fourth thing is you have to rub your staff on the sheep's back and look for parasites. What are the little things that you're doing that? eh nope, you shouldn't be doing that. You called in sick today or you, call, you were late, how many times do we say, not a big deal, no worry, because we're super nice. But we have to say, no, that's not acceptable in our culture. And we have to do that because that little parasite, is gonna get bigger, and bigger, and bigger. It's gonna affect that sheep, and then it's gonna affect the flock. So when we were building our leadership development program, we said, we gotta pay these people enough to survive. Gotta give them food for growth. We gotta know we absolutely have their back in all situations. Even when the customer is right and they're wrong, we've still got your back. And then lastly, we're going to tell you when you're doing stuff wrong and we're going to correct it right away.
0: That's pretty freaking awesome, Mike. Appreciate your time. Really, really, really great gold nuggets. People are going to be like taking notes, freaking out going, ah. Uh, in closing, <clears throat> when you look at an app like Automate Motivate, what do you think about? What are, the, what do you feel, what are your thoughts on it? How powerful is the concept of gamifying someone's job. Is this just a silly little cutesy thing? Is this a powerful tool? What are your thoughts?
1: Well I'm biased, Josh, because every single I think every single location and investment that I've done, 15 different businesses or something, has Automate Motivate and every one of them is using it and loving it. And I'm uh enamored with it for so many reasons. One, it's incentivizing the right things instead of just anything. So it is so awesome to keep, to see people bantering back and forth you know bobby walker sending me pictures of his guys and like 9.5 quality score well you got a 10 and then it, it, <laughs> it's changing the the day for these guys and it's making the day more fun and enjoyable and from the business owner standpoint how much easier is it to track upsells and quality scores and five-star reviews when they're doing it for you on the app I no longer have to like pay an administrative person to like go back in and say, who upsold and who did this? The app does it for you. And you just have, oh, approve, approve. It's so much easier as a business owner to use that app than it is to try to have manual systems in the back office to calculate all the stuff that you want to reward them for. And then you forget, and then they get mad because you didn't get them the gift card. This is like, boop, 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 and it's done it's awesome
0: (laughs) awesome awesome I appreciate that I feel the same way I'm slightly biased as well Mike thank you so much for your time my friend
1: fist bump love you Josh